Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a place where sharing God's word with the next generation in your circle of influence can be simple, easy, and fun. We know that intentionally teaching children about God and the relevancy of His word will be a game changer in their homes, schools, and communities. This podcast is a ministry of Bible to School, the experts in engaging children with the Word of God. Together, we will make sure you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast. We make it simple, practical, and fun to tell the kids in your world about Jesus. I'm your co-host today, Meredith Steidler, and this is episode 38. Today, you'll have the joy of listening to Patricia Angler, a natural-born Canadian who currently works for Answers in Genesis as a writer, speaker, and youth outreach coordinator. She is the author of the book, Prepare to Thrive, a survival guide for Christian students that was just released this year. In 2018, Patricia embarked on a solo mission trip around the world in 180 days. She documented Christian students' experiences in different countries. You'll hear why she did this and how it ties into our topic of the day, which is mentorship. Just a quick reminder, our show notes and links to the things we talk about today are on our website at bible2school.com. We would also love it if you took a sec to rate and review us on your podcast app. So grab your phone or a pen and journal because you'll want to jot down some keynote takeaways from today. You may even feel the call to seek out a mentor or be one after listening to this inspiring episode. Well, welcome, Patricia, to the You Can Tell the Children podcast. We are so happy to have you today. We're going to be talking about um, mentoring, but we're we're really glad you're happy to have you. Yeah, thanks so much. It's great to be with you today. Cool, cool. Well, like I said, we're discussing mentoring today, but we know that's a good thing. But we're going to go dive deeper to this subject because this is your wheelhouse, Patricia, right? It's one of the main things I like to talk about. Absolutely. Well, can you tell us about yourself? Let us get to know you. Yeah, for sure. So my name is Patricia Engler. I grew up homeschooling in a Christian family in Canada. People tell me I have a Canadian accent, but I'll let you be the judge of that. Cool. Yeah. And uh, when I was 14, I heard an apologetic speaker, Ken Ham, the founder of Answers in Genesis. And up to that point, I had cared about, you know, justice issues and global missions and that kind of thing. But I didn't really care that much about topics like Genesis or defending the Bible from the first verse. But when he explained how everything I cared about depends on the truth of God's word beginning in Genesis, I was like, someday I have to be an apologetic speaker too. So then that drove me to want to go to university, learn about evolution. And from there, I began researching how to help students keep their faith in education and have not really looked back. Oh, that is so cool. And I read something about you that you backpacked around the world by yourself in 180 days. That's just amazing. Yeah. So after I graduated, I knew kind of what helped me keep my biblical worldview strong during very secular evolutionary higher education. But I wanted to figure out, okay, how universal is that? What do other Christian students in other countries need to keep their faith? So yes, I felt God was just leading me on this backpacking journey. So I went all the way around the world, hit 17 countries altogether interviewed Christian students, pastors, university chaplains, campus ministers, and really found out what students need to keep a strong biblical worldview in college and beyond. Wow. That is quite a a thing to learn. Holy mackerel. (laughs) (laughs) And so you do have a book out now too. 
yes. busy. You are very busy. It's called Prepare to Thrive, a survival guide for Christian students. That's right. So tell us about that. Where, where did you get the inspiration for that topic? And where can our listeners go to find this book? Yeah, for sure. So for where the idea came from, basically, as soon as I knew that I wanted to go to secular university, that's where this idea kind of fit in. So I wanted to learn about evolution to be in a, a speaker about creation and evolution. But I also knew that Christian kids who grew up going to church, but then who are learning, you know, Genesis is wrong. Genesis is wrong. Genesis is wrong. Well, Genesis is the foundation for the rest of the Bible and the rest of Christianity. Yeah. So when students are told all this evolutionary education, they can very easily start to lose their faith by thinking that um, their worldview is compromised. So I wanted to learn how to help Christian students go through evolutionary education. So I test drove it on myself, basically going through university myself that way and took notes the whole time. Okay, so how do I answer exam questions? What helps me in these heavy indoctrination so it was that experience that made me want to write this book. I went into university wanting to write this book and then interviewing the Christian students that just gave me a lot more content to put together. So that's where the book came from. So it has three parts. So the first part just explains why Genesis is important, why Christian students need to have a foundation for defending it as they're going into university. And it explains just some of the realities of what education these days looks like, what students can expect to find, some of the challenges that I face personally, challenges that Christian students face around the world. And then part two talks about how to build three types of personal foundations. So basically from my research with students and from my own experience, I found students need three things to keep their faith strong during university. These are things parents need to be discipling their kids from childhood to have. So one is strong spiritual foundations. So that's your close personal walk with God, knowing God's word, having that as your authority for truth, being able to read it for yourself, spending time with God in scripture and prayer. So that's spiritual foundations. Second is intellectual foundations. So having apologetics training, in other words, being able to answer questions to defend your worldview. How do we know the Bible's true? Doesn't science disprove the Bible? Those kinds of questions, as well as biblical critical thinking skills to think about new questions that come up. So that's intellectual foundations. And third is interpersonal foundations or Christian community, including godly older mentors and local mm. church. So the book goes through how to build practically all those types of foundations and keep them strong in university. And then the third part walks through those critical thinking skills, how to avoid brainwashing on campus and more the practical components. So that's the gist of the book. And it's available now. If you go to answersingenesis.org, you can order it, prepare to thrive. We have discounts so that people can order it by the caseload at a very reduced price to give to kids in their youth group or families, but it is available through other distributors as well. But, but we offer the discounts. Awesome. Well, this is a great book because I have older children and okay. I know that in, even in their middle school, high school years, well, even in the younger, the elementary that we Bible to school works with that it's constantly, they're trying to indoctrinating, indoctrinating. You think that there's no religion in school, what there really is, there is, it really is a pervasive thought that is being told to the children. But this book tells you how to really give them that three prong foundation. That's right. And I love that. And it sounds like it'd be a great reference for parents and students as well. That's right. Yeah. To get there. And that, that last one, that relational one that you just talked about, that's where at Bible to school, we believe that children can be greatly impacted by the adults in their life. I mean, when I remember when my kids are coming home, well, the teacher said so. So it's true, oh, yes. you know, and, and, and that's okay. 
but you also got to, like you said, teach them some critical thinking just really at early ages. That's right. That's why our parents or our, our, our program, sorry, our program just kind of puts an emphasis on maintaining that consistent small group leader every week for the children while we have them once a week when we're teaching the Bible. But that relationship piece is really key. Um, you know, why do you think since you're, you know, been really studying this and went all around the world studying this, yeah. you know, why do you think mentorship is so important for children, Patricia? Good question. This is a theme that has become more and more exciting to me the more I learn about it. So to start with, um, from personal experience, I did have a mentor throughout university and I was able to learn firsthand how valuable that was, someone to ask my questions to, someone to just have there as a reminder that I'm not alone in my biblical beliefs. Mm. When you're there in college you or just in school or even just in culture, you can feel like you're the only person that still believes the Bible. So being able to have that mentor to take my tough questions to and to get biblical answers from was just such a valuable reminder that you are not alone. <laughs> and then also after traveling, talking to students around the world in every country I went to across cultures, Western, Eastern, mentorship was one of the key themes that came up from the trip. So just seeing other students' stories around the world, how mentorship was so vital for them. So personal experience, insights from students around the world, and then empirical research. So there's been at least three major studies that have come out um, over the last, well, over a decade, really, that do emphasize and really show some scientific backing to the importance of mentorship for Christian students. So three major studies, one was the National Survey of Youth and Religion back in 2019. Another was called Renegotiating Faith. That was a big Canadian study in 2018. And the third was one called Faith for Exiles. That was a book published by Sanbarna researchers in 2019. And all these studies confirm that connections with godly older adults as youth and as young people and students is one of the key factors predicting which young people will have the strongest worldview, the strongest foundation, be the most active Christians later on in their lifetimes. So personal experience, research, and insights from students around the world all confirm that mentorship is a huge thing. But unfortunately, I see so many churches segregate age groups. They send youth off one way, seniors off another way. What mm. that does is it cuts off mentorship opportunities. So that's an example of churches and families, unfortunately, giving young people the opposite of what they need. Oh, absolutely. And that is something that we are so passionate about. We engage even senior, you said talk about seniors. Mm -hmm. We engage them as well. We have a lot of retired school teachers that love right. to volunteer at Bible to School. And these kids, you, they think that they're not cool. They're like, oh, these kids aren't going to like me or whatever. These kids take to them right away. It's like yeah. this grandparent type relationship and a lot of For them sure. don't have in their lives. So it really fills a hole. But but having those relationships even outside your family. So That's even if you have a strong family, what I'm hearing you say is that that is still very, very key. Yes. Let's pause right now and take a question from one of our Bible to School kids. Does God really know how many hairs are on our heads? Isn't it simply amazing to think that such a constantly changing detail, like the number of hairs on our head, wouldn't escape God's notice? In Luke chapter 12, verses 6 to 8, we read that God loves us, and He knows us so well that every detail about us is known to Him. That makes sense, because He created us. And what a comfort it is to know 
We are fully known by our creator. I did see a study that said that youth that re- meet regularly with mentors are 46% less likely than their peers to start using illegal drugs and 27% less likely to start drinking. So it has a positive effect and also waves off all that other stuff in their lives as well, because they don't they have an outlet for that. And for I'm, sure. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> and a role model, you know, for that. What does the Bible say about mentorship, Patricia? What, what do you see? Yeah, great question, because we do need to be thinking biblically about everything, and that includes mentorship. So if you look for it, you'll find the theme of discipleship all throughout scripture. So whether that's the ancient Israelites, when God commanded them, you know, teach your kids the commands of God, like everywhere you go at all times, that, so discipleship within families, but also you see mentorship outside the family, say Jesus discipling his disciples, and he said, go into the world and make disciples. That's not just a one and done, you know, they say a prayer and away they go. No, it's right. like a discipleship. So you're mentoring someone to look like Jesus. Ultimately, you see that in Paul in the New Testament, he was mentoring Timothy to become a minister. And Proverbs, of course, as well, just all throughout Proverbs, you see the value of wisdom, getting wisdom from other people, seeking wise counsel. These are just some of the mentorship themes you see all throughout scripture. So Patricia, we're talking to you know moms, dads, grandparents, aunts, mm-hmm. uncles, Sunday school teachers. Describe to me, what does an effective mentor relationship look like? That's a great question. And it can seem a little intimidating, you know, like, oh, what is mentorship? Do I have to know all the answers? Do I have to have a degree in something? Actually, no. So I think from what I've identified, there are three types of mentorship. So one is I call sages. So they are the more experienced, like wise adults you might meet for regular discipleship. So if you want to do the more formal thing, like you're meeting someone once a week to talk about spiritual growth, you know, what are you going through? Do you have any questions about the Bible? There's that kind of mentorship. Then there is what I call allies. So they are just, that's more of an informal kind of friendship-based mentorship. So Mm -hmm. that's connections with godly older adults in your life. So maybe they are the couple across the church from you who after church, they'll chat with you, ask how your exams are going in school. They'll have you over for lunch. They'll just let you debrief and talk about life with them, talk about the Bible. They'll encourage your faith. Those are the allies. And then finally is responders. So just those people that you might not see often, but you know are available if you have a question or need advice or a prayer request. So those, I think, are three types of effective mentorship. And students should ideally, if they can, be incorporating all of them. But it can be really flexible and look like a number of different things. Actually, a campus minister I talked to in Holland said that one thing that's just so valuable for students is just having someone in their life who can give stories stories from their own Mm. testimonies that God is faithful. So those are all just some very simple and effective ways of being a mentor. It's just intentionally connecting with someone younger and being able to teach them about God from your personal experience and from the word. Oh, I love that. I agree. I have mentors in my life as well Mm -hmm. that say, oh God, look, this is what I went through and God did this. And that is so encouraging when you feel like you're alone or you feel like you're the only one with this problem or, or whatever. So yeah, I love that part that mentorship. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, as far as you personally, I mean, did you have a mentor growing up? I mean, tell us about that. Yeah, for sure. So after I heard Ken Ham speak about the importance of apologetics and Genesis, I was like, okay, I got to go study science. So my parents were like, okay, this is what you want to do why don't you find someone who is a scientist who believes the Bible? 
and they recommended a lady named Dr. Margaret Helder, who founded the Creation Science Association of Alberta, where I grew up in Canada. Hmm. So my mom was like, she has a PhD in biology. That's what you want to study. Why don't you just email her and ask her if you can bring her some questions? So I was like, I don't know if this professional biologist lady just wants this random teenager (laughs) feeling her, but it's a good rule of thumb to listen to your mom, right? So I did. I emailed her. And not only did Dr. Helder let me come over and ask my questions, and she pointed me to different apologetics resources, but she has continued mentoring me right up until the present, all throughout university. I would bring her my questions at least once a semester, we'd get together. And yeah, it's been awesome. And yeah, we're still in touch. Oh, I love that story. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. Cause you're, you're right. You can't, it doesn't hurt to ask. Right. Mm-hmm. And you, you went and did that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. So when we're talking about that, what are the benefits? I mean, there's benefits to the children we're talking about They're mm-hmm. They have more communication skills. Mm-hmm. They perform better in school. We know that we have studies about that. Mm-hmm. They have perf- uh, better self-confidence. They have an improved self-worth. And most importantly, what you mentioned Mm-hmm. You're telling them that God is faithful right. and that they can, you can encourage them. I think that's the most important thing. That yeah, that's probably sure. the foundation of all those things I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what is the benefit to the adult? What would you say about that? Yeah, that's a really interesting question as well. And I think part of it comes back to how as humans, we are designed by God for relationships. And ultimately, we are designed to pass on God's word and God's teaching to the next generation. So I think one of the huge benefits of mentorship is that you are just living the life that God designed you to live. You're doing what you're created to do. And there's going to be, of course, major blessings that come from that. And just being able to also learn from young people's perspective, it's it can just be kind of vitalizing to be around youth. I've heard it said that teenagers are the alternative energy source that the world is looking for. (laughs) All too often, unfortunately, that energy source is falling into the wrong hands and being weaponized as youth are being discipled by the secularists. So it's just extremely rewarding to be able to take this basically alternative energy source and pour into them and help them do what they were created to do. Because when you have youth who are on fire for God, they are equipped with God's word, they're equipped with answers to defend their faith, and they have a community supporting them. And they're able to use their God-given talents to be released into the world to do what God has called them to do. That can't not change the world. So as a mentor, you can be part of literally changing the world and impacting culture for the better through Jesus. Oh, I love that. One of the things that I have a little God story to tell about mentorship, Mm -hmm. I was with a group of children, second graders, actually, and two little girls came up beside me and said, we have questions for you. I mean, they had been thinking about this, you know, and they said, well, are demons real and where do they live and where does God live? And, and I thought, whoa, you know, (laughs) so first of all, I'm like, whoa, I got to answer this question. But I answered them, uh, I, you know, demons are real, but the good news is, you know, God is more powerful than that. And, and, you know, we don't talk about that. We don't even pay attention to that at Bible school. We pay attention to God because he's light and that's darkness. And, and they just like literally, honestly, Patricia, they like exhaled. I could see them go, <sighs> you know, and, oh. and for me as the men, I was glad to be able to do that. Like I said, living your life and just being who you are and mm-hmm. you get to invest in these children. Absolutely. But also I got to see a, like a, a whole different side perspective. Like I, mm-hmm. it refreshed my faith sure. because of that basic question. It's not like I go around thinking about that all the time, right? 
but they brought that to the forefront of my mind. And, you know, it's made me really appreciate God even more. So (laughs) we're going to have to wrap up here a little bit. And I was going to ask you if our listeners are interested in getting a mentor for their child. So Mm -hmm. like somebody outside the family, that could be hard. What would you suggest would be their next steps to do something like that? For sure. So first of all, something to keep in mind is the number one thing to look for, whether in a mentor, a church or a peer group is someone who actually teaches and believes and lives out the Bible. So if you have someone who's teaching even compromised ideas about God's word, you really don't want them to be your mentor. So of course, for mentors in Genesis, we would really emphasize, you know, do they have a consistent foundation believing God's word from Genesis onwards? What do they believe about, about the Bible and about God's word to so make sure that they're biblical for starters? So then just some ways you can find mentors and families can find mentors for their kids. First of all, pray, ask God to connect you with the right people. You can look for trusted Christians in the field that your kids might want to go into and ask if they'd be willing to meet, like how I met Dr. Helder. Also, I encourage young people to plug into a intergenerational biblical church and don't stop attending. So just look for those ally connections within the church. Be willing to ask older people to pray for you. Be willing to invite them out for lunch or coffee and just get those conversations going. Be intentional about making friends outside your peer group and as families, inviting older people into your lives, doing things as a family together with them, getting to know them that way. So those are just a few a few different ways. And then another one is to look for opportunities to serve together alongside older adults, maybe volunteering with them at church, going on a mission trip with them, and also looking for opportunities to serve older adults. Maybe you can go to a senior's home or something like that. Growing up, we often, we did this adult day program daycare program at the hospital where my dad worked actually as a chaplain. So we'd go and just sing hymns with the seniors and kind of get to know them that way. So you never know who you might meet through something like that. Maybe someone who has some amazing God stories to share. So lots of different ways. That is cool. And we're always talking about it. You can tell the children about being intentional. And those are That's great, right. great ideas. Thank you so much, Patricia, for spending time with us. And would you mind ending us in prayer and praying for our listeners? For sure. I'd love to. So Lord Jesus, thank you so much just for this opportunity to spend some time together and talk about this really important topic that I can, in a sense that I believe the Holy Spirit is putting on a lot of different people's lives right now and a lot of hearts. So thank you for calling up mentors, for calling students to seek mentors, for calling your church back to intergenerational discipleship. I pray that you would continue to call people to that. Uh, to call them to pray. I pray that you would set up connections even now between mentors and students and families and seniors. I'm thinking about the verse, how you set the solitary in families. So you know best the relationships that you have in mind for the benefit of everybody within your church. So I pray that even now you would be helping people spark connections, putting ideas in people's minds for maybe who they can contact to mentor or be mentor, and that you would guide those relationships and that your hand and blessing would be on them, that you would guide the mentors to be full of your word and your spirit, able to speak the words that you would have them speak to the kids, and that you would just fill them as well with your love for the other generations and for the children. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't know about you, but I am super inspired. I can testify to the truth we just heard, that mentorship changes lives. And right now, I want to get out there and find a mentor for each of my own kids. Who's with me? Well, it's a joy to take time and answer your questions about Bible to School and sharing the gospel with the kids in your life. 
jump on over to Instagram or Facebook and let's keep this conversation going. We can't wait to meet you there. We are at Bible to School. Join us next week as I have the privilege of talking with Corey Pennypacker about Easter and how to discuss the death and resurrection of Jesus with children of all ages. Have a great week and remember, you can tell the children in your life about the good news of Jesus.